and mahalo nuilo and all that good stuff for letting me come um i come maui uh, maybe like twice a year three times a year and stuff like that but um uh, this is my second time i got to come to um Anashim. and that was pretty cool because we had a worship concert on oahu um last friday night and then one of the worship leaders was actually in the audience when i spoke the last time and she told me she almost repeated the message to me as like, holy smokes that was mean and so um she said that um she used it to speak to the worship team that she was leading and uh, when she told me that i was about to fall and go to heaven but jesus knows he said stay on earth for a little while more um so uh we're gonna talk a little while um when realities collide you know, when I was in eighth grade, yeah, it's a long time ago. I give you a dollar if you can guess how old I am. Who said 25? I give you $10, bro. Oh, thanks, huh? Thir- oh, 35, keep your money. All right. I'm 40 years old. Yeah. That's, that, that's why he was calling me grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. Thanks, huh? I give you a dollar later. Um, I cannot grow hair in my hair anymore. That's why I grow them on my chin. Um, I think long enough, I'm going to do the major comb over. That would be sickness. Man. Awesome. But many moons ago when I was in eighth grade, when Powell Intermediate School, uh, yeah, um, uh, realities collided. The reality of something deep within wanting to come out. Something that was inside of me that needed to escape, that I, I needed to release. My stomach was going, and I needed to go number two. The reality of the food digesting within me was about to impact the reality of me being stuck at school with nobody around and not having a ride. Worlds was going to collide. Worlds was going to collide. It wasn't going to be pretty. And I can laugh about it now because I've gone through counseling for the past 30 years. Um, but <laughs> not just kidding. But behind the band room and the chorus room, behind Mr. Tamanaha's band room, worlds collided. Yeah, imagine it. Go ahead. This is this youth, yeah. Go ahead. Just think whatever you like. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I Filipino, but I never like use leaves. That, but might grab the wrong leaf and then get rash after. Huh? And so I went home commando because I had to use the kind. Worlds collided. Worlds collided. And I'm sure there's a tree there now because of the fertilizer that was. <laughs> Just kidding. But I was eighth grade. I had to walk home. Laris, like, oh man, holy smokes. I never have right, but good thing because if my right came, they would have caught me in the Papa Squat action. Realities collide. <laughs> I played football when I was ninth grade many moons ago. And I was skinnier than I am now and about the same height. So the coach said, hey, perfect, middle linebacker. What? <laughs> okay, shoots, middle linebacker, whatever. And so the f- first game puts me in, uh, Alan, stand right here. When there's a hole in the line, just rush the hole. Just, just rush them. And so I say, okay, I can do that, coach. Uh, I'm not that smart, but if I see one, I'll go around inside and 
sure enough, man, it's, oh, yeah, Alan, I'll get this. But I'll open up, and I run inside, though, this guy, maybe like twice my size, carrying the size, carrying the ball. Boom, worlds collided. And all I saw was dust. And one guy running that way, and my legs are this. Worlds collided. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about realities colliding. And it's, it's going to be, here's the main idea, if I can. The main idea is that the reality of Jesus Christ in your life has to collide with the realities of this world. The realities of Jesus Christ, the reality of Jesus Christ in your life has to collide with the realities of this broken, hurt, damaged world, fallen world, to see it redeemed, restored, and transformed for Jesus. Can I hear an amen? We go pray, and then I'm going to read the Bible. Father God, thank you so much. You are awesome in our lives. We don't ever want to forget that. Thank you, Lord God, for everyone that's here. Thank you, Lord God, that they're not there, but our eyes are open so that we can see you tonight. Thank you, Lord God, that our ears are open so that we can hear you tonight. Thank you, Lord God, that our hearts are open and ready to receive so that we can be changed and never leave this place the same, but we can go out into the world and make a difference. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Somebody say amen. All right, we're reading from Mark 10, Mark 10, 17. If you want to follow along, go ahead. If you are using your phone, make sure you are not in your Instagram app. But if you are, just take a picture, at Aloha Eki. Nobody? Okay. I got to check, you know, my church. I got to take on media offering, you know. I put the basket in the front, put the cell phones inside so that they're not playing Candy Crush or whatever else. If the person next to you is on Facebook, Instagram, or playing Candy Crush, you can punch him in the face tonight. You have my permission. 17, as he was starting out on a trip, a man came running up to Jesus, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what should I do to get eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked, Only God is truly good. But as for your question, you know... The commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not testify falsely, do not cheat, honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man said, I've obeyed all of these commandments since I was a child. That's pretty cool. 21, Jesus felt genuine love for this man as he looked at him. He said, you lack only one thing. Go and sell all that you have. Give the money to the poor and you will have the treasure of heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went sadly away because he had many possessions. Um, that's the story of the rich young ruler. And tonight, um, I want to just talk about when realities collide, and these are the three kind of points, I guess. I don't know. Um, I shouldn't write them out. So these are the three kind of points. Is, is We need to get real, and we need to know who we are in Christ and who Christ is. We need to get real because the real world needs a real you. We need to get real and transform our world. Um, number one, we need, to, we need to get real and know who we are in Christ and who Christ is. And, we, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that all of you guys have been coming to church or youth group or something like that for a while. So um, we know that we're loved. We know that we're loved by God. We know that we're loved by Uncle Kaipo. Um, that we're valued, 
that God puts value on our lives. We know that we are called. We know that we are gifted and talented. We need to get, use our gifts for the Lord. We know that we're accepted. That's awesome poem. Chuck's ready for pray after down, but he wanted me to speak, so I'm going. We know that we're healed. We can be healed. Awesome testimony. Again, thinking all this awesome. We know that we're redeemed. We know that we are God's masterpiece or his handiwork, Ephesians 2. We know that we are the sons and daughter of Christ. We know that we are citizens of heaven. We know that we are beautiful. If you don't know that, know that, then you can know that for real, that you are all of these things. That you are valuable, you are beautiful, you smell good. You're accepted, you're gifted, you're talented, you're healed, you're redeemed. And, and this is something important that we, we need to remember this. We need to know this and we need to remember it. The, the devil, the Bible calls him the father of lies. Because if we don't know these things, then we're easily tricked. We're lied to by the devil and then we start believing what the devil says. You're ugly, you're not beautiful. You smell stink, you don't smell good. You are not loved, you are unloved. You are not accepted, you are a loner. We need to be careful with but us, and I don't know what your history is in church or what your history is in, relation, in your relationship to Jesus Christ, but I'm pretty sure that there's some of us that have been in Christ for a while, but we need to really know who we are and make that a reality or else it becomes a falsity and then we really believe the lies of the enemy. And, and that's good to know, but who we are comes out of who Christ is. Who we are comes out of who Christ is. And and we cannot forget that Christ is our Savior. We sang that song today. He's mighty to save. Christ is our Savior. He's our healer. Um, Kai, where's Kai? Thank you so much for praying for me. My back has been sore since last Wednesday. Not this Wednesday, but last Wednesday. And she said, how can I pray for her? pray for my back. And I'm believing that it's healed. God is our rescue. God is our joy. The Bible says that in his presence... There is fullness of joy, not half joy. You know, sometimes, I don't know if you get, you guys have 7-Eleven over here? Yeah, yeah. Or minute stop, you know, only one. Okay. Oh, okay, we'll pray for that then. But, but get minute stop, yeah? Get minute stop. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but hey, when I fill up the, my soda at minute stop or 7-Eleven, I fill them to the brim, yeah? And then I look around, then I go. <laughs> and then after that, oh, empty, got to fill them up again, yeah? And then if you do a couple of times, but, but you never go and grab the biggest cup and then fill them up only halfway. You never do that. That doesn't make sense, yeah? But the Bible says that in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. So if there's, if there's no joy in your life, it's, maybe it's because you are walking away from the Lord's presence or you are not allowing the Lord's presence to minister to you. He's the fullness of joy. He's our strength. He's our supply. He's our living water. And when we drink, we don't have to thirst again. That doesn't mean we don't go to him daily. That means we do go to him daily because he's our living water. That's where we get our drinking from. He is our bread of life. He's a lover of our soul. Um, he is greater than I. I'm on oh, no, a t-shirt, okay. But he's greater than you. He's greater than A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. He is greater than all of the letters of the alphabet, not just I. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. Again, this is about who Christ is, who God is. Um, Moses was having one burn sesh. Guys, subconscious? Or oh, better not use that term. No, I'm just kidding. I just get one. Neutral rocks. Moses was having one burn sesh, bro. 
When bush was burning in front of him, okay, not that kind, not that kind burn sesh, but he was took off his shoes because when bush was burning in front of him and wasn't being consumed. And long story short, from that conversation with God, who was in the burning bush, God said, "Just tell everyone that I am the great I am. I am who I am, and I will be who I be." And that's one of the most amazing statements for me because I need God to be so many things. Why? Because I lack in so many ways. I need God to be my healer. And you know what he tells me? He says, I am. I need God to be my supplier. You know, he tells me, I, I am. I need God to tell me that he loves me because sometimes I don't feel love. And he tells me, I am your lover. I am. Whatever you need, I am. And that's, that's a great statement to know that whatever you need, whether you're in intermediate school and behind Mr. Tamanaha's band room, or if you're a senior in high school, or if you're on your way to college, or if you're old like me, and don't have any hair. Whatever you need God to be, he's saying, I am. And you don't have to have another burn sesh because the Bible already says it. I mean, I love burn sessions. We do burn sessions at my church. We call the evening services the brewery at our church, and we have burn sessions all the time, and that's when we just come together with an ukulele or a guitar or whatever, and we just worship. We're taking it back, taking back the rainbow too. We're taking it all back, no worries about Jesus' name. We're taking it all back, but um, we have burn sessions, and from our burn sessions, a lot of people get healed, a lot of people get restored, a lot of people get released from whatever they're stuck in, but it all comes from who Christ is. Get real. Know who you are, but also know who Christ is. I think that's why a lot of people go, go through ups and downs. That's why a lot of people go through roller coasters. That's why a lot, it's because they forget who they are, and so they begin believing the lives of them. We forget who Christ is, that he died for our love, that he is our that he is our lover, so we go look for love for someone else. That he is our complete joy, so we look for joy in something else. That the Bible, and he says that in his presence is a fullness of joy, and I love this part, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. That God doesn't just want to supply what you need. He wants to give you stuff that makes you feel good. Pleasures forevermore. And you don't have to look for stuff that makes you feel good anywhere else but in the presence of God. Get real and know who you are in Christ. You see, the rich young ruler or the guy that's in the story, it's pretty amazing. Okay, check this out. It said that Jesus told him, don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't murder, don't steal, honor your parents. He goes on the list, and this is what the guy said. He said, I did all of those things since I was a kid. Man, I just broke a couple of those today. This guy was amazing. He, this, this, this young ruler was like an angel. He, 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 he was a perfect saint. He didn't break any of the law. But here's the, the part that he kind of went wrong. His identity wasn't in Christ. His identity wasn't in God. His identity was in the law. His identity wasn't doing what he thought was right or what everyone else thought was right rather than his identity being Christ, being the lover of his soul, rather than God, being in a relationship with God. And that's how I used to live. I'm a PK, pastor's kid. You got to watch out for pastor's kids. Those guys are the worst. Oh, sorry. But I found identity in doing what was right, rather than knowing that I am in relationship with Jesus Christ. I could do what is right. I could, I could mention scripture. I could do everything that was good. I could smile when I was supposed to smile. But it, I didn't have a real relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And this is where the rich young ruler went wrong. 
he followed the law, but he wasn't in a deep, intimate relationship in wanting to follow God. So get real, know who you are and know who Christ is. I guess my question for that part is, how real is your relationship with God when realities collide? How real is your relationship with God? Because if your relationship with God is not real or is shallow, then when realities collide, you'll end up doo-doo on the ground behind Mr. Tamanaha's van room. Number two, get real because the real world needs a real you. Get real because the real world needs real. You know, we got to get real because there's plenty of fakers out. You know, when I was in intermediate and high school, I told everybody I could shred at bodyboarding. I can shred, but I rush. But pipeline, that's nothing, boo. But charge them because we go right now. And then we go and I scare the, we go how bush, which is like, I don't know, where's the, I don't know how far compare movie. Maybe it was but only small and I scared. Or I catch a wave and I go straight. I go, yeah, buddy, yeah. All stoked and going straight. And, but at school, I'm like, telling everybody, brah, I'm going to rush. I remember doing this one time. I lied down on the ground. I said, oh, you didn't surf yesterday. Yeah, I went surf yesterday. I lied down on the ground. I go, what's about that big yesterday? What's about, brah, so lie. I was such a faker. Fucking through bodyboarding. But, you know, the real world needs a real you because there's a, too much fakers going on. I don't like people who are fake, especially not like friends who say they're my friend, but they're fake. I don't know, maybe you guys might know somebody like that. They're all friend, friend, friend kind, but then in Facebook, they're like, oh, that guy, bro. Or whatever, talking all kind of smack and stuff like that. And, but when they stay with you, they're all smiling. And See, the real world needs a real because there's too many fakers. Man, Titeo. Had one fake girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, but I better watch out. But I might have one boyfriend instead of one girlfriend. This band called Millie Vanilli. Some of you guys young, yeah? This band called Millie Vanilli, but they sold like million records. Yeah, wow, that's my favorite song before. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. But in the middle of one of their concerts, they were like, they was lip syncing the whole time. The, the thing was skipping. Girl, girl. Girl, 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 girl. And they was like, oh, oh, what do we do? Fakers, fakers. Too many fakers um, to, in this world. The real world needs a real you, you know. It's easy to look real. Especially, even sometimes when we stay church, yeah, we can raise up our hands and can fake our message. Try watch this. Look real, huh? Look real, huh? You see now? Watch this. Look real. Look real. Yeah? Watch this. Look real. <laughs> I'm not saying those things. Those, those things are good. I mean, worshiping the Lord is good. We, we need to do that, but we need to do it genuinely. That was me when I was in intermediate high school. I was like, brah, mm. I even bit my lip. Mm. Point to mm. Jesus. Easy. Too many, too many fakers, too many fakers. And the world really needs to see that we're real because there's too many examples of people that are fake. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that, that there's 
a great future that God has for us, great plans that God has for us. And it's not things that he's making up as he goes. I believe even before I was created, I believe God already had a plan for me. And so let's come back to that original plan and not live out some fake plan that we want to make up or the world tells us that we have to live. We can seek God out and know that he has wonderful plans for us and so we need to live those plans. I love Ephesians 2 where it says that we are God's handiwork, that we are God's masterpiece. God made you, made you beautiful, made you, and, and, and not just make you so that he could put you on a trophy case, not just make you so he can put you in a glass box, but Ephesians 2.10 says that he made us and created us to do the things that he already prepared for us to do. So if we're not doing the things that God wants us to do, then we're fake. So let's be real because the real world needs a real you. You know, the world's still damaged, yeah? The world is broken. I mean, just think about all the friends that you have, or even if you watch news, there's no more good news on the news. That's why, shucks, even hard for watch news nowadays because there's so much bad news on the news. Yeah, I mean, try watch all the different news, all the same thing, bad news. And so we live in a broken world, and, and, and here's the thing. The rich young ruler, he had it in his head, and he was doing it, but he wasn't convicted by it. So we need to be real, because the real world needs a real you. Um, get real and transform your world. You know, you cannot transform your world if you're fake. You cannot transform your world if you're not genuine. In fact, the Bible says that you do more damage than good when you try to do things on your own and you're fake. Number three, get real and transform your world. You see, there's a lot of things wrong in our world. There's brokenness. There's suicide. There's addiction violence, there's hunger, there's selfishness, there's emotion. They're bad. Just go down the list. No need to look far. We live in a broken world, but I love what the Bible says, that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. The Bible says that God so loved the world. He didn't just love the world. He so loved the world that he sent down his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. You know, um, that's how kind of unashamed kind of started. It's just because I was moved. I moved to Maui from Honolulu. I ran away because I got my heart broken. Small kind. Well, that's part of the story. I, I believe God called me to Maui too. But when the girl broke my heart, okay, still good. Um, <laughs> I believe that God had a purpose. I mean, hard, yeah, hard to believe. Oh, when you heard him like that, well, what is this, God? Holy smokes, bro. She was Christian too, so I don't know. But, you know, God, God's smarter than me, so he knows what he's doing. But, um, but it's, it's because I wanted to experience real worship and a genuine worship. And, and so that's why we started Loud and Unashamed. I needed, I'm, I'm unashamed, I'm sorry. We, I needed to be surrounded by other people. I just moved to... Maui, I had a certain amount of friends, but I, 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 it's, I don't want to sound selfish, but something that 
I knew that I needed as well. And that was many moons ago. And, and I thank God because it was in my brokenness. And when I was ready to admit that I was broken, when I was ready to admit that I was whatever, that God birthed um, unashamed. And then I got some pretty cool friends. You know, um, I love what Kaipo said this, this morning, but um, I, I do. I do have some good friends. I haven't lived here since 2007, but some of my close friends are here in Maui. Um, and it's because of that time when I was here. Um, and so we, it's cool because Unashamed started on Maui. I moved to Oahu, and since 2007, 2008, we do something called loud and unashamed um, because Maui is original unashamed, so we had to <laughs> we had to call it loud and unashamed. And so we we do that as well. We do concerts and worship concerts. It's all about getting real, worshiping God, so that God gets all the glory and God is the one who transforms lives. God is the one who transforms the world, not us. We do our part. We do what we're supposed to do, but it's God the one that changes lives. It's genuine worship. It's unity in Christ. It's service. You know, we live in a broken world and I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I'm not stuttering, but I need Christ. You know, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back, but I just want to share this one. Um, my son turns two next month. So three years ago, we were on Maui. And my wife took the test. Oh, he's pregnant. <gasps> Baga can swim. I Oh, that's why. I owe that. <laughs> so <laughs> we go to the, the hospital. The nurse comes out. Congratulations. Stoke. Yeah. Then we go back Honolulu for do that checkup, and then <sighs> doctor look at us. He said, "Ah, oh, you know what? I'm gonna have to send you guys someplace else. One specialist might have might have something wrong." Oh, brother, wait, 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 what? So I call everybody. Hey, pray for us, pray for us, pray for us, pray for us, and we go to the specialist, and then show us the picture. Now this is the junkest picture. I've ever seen in my life. I hate that picture. Wait, wait. Hate is a strong word. I hate that picture. Was the picture of my wife's uterus. And what a baby was supposed to be was just black. Like a bean. Like a black bean. Not the Mexican kind, but. How's that? At? Oh, I was sick, but I wanted for scrap. But who I going to scrap? I wanted. I was broken. But here's the deal. We all are affected by the brokenness and the fallenness and the sinfulness of this world, whether we're Christian or not. But it was the reality of Jesus Christ in my life, the reality of Jesus Christ in my wife's life, that we're able, that we're able to get healing. We're able to stay connected to God, stay connected to the church, and find healing and, 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 and counseling and, and, and whatever we needed from God, from our friends, 
the reality of Jesus Christ in our life was hit head on by the reality of miscarriage. But it's the reality of Jesus Christ that helped us to stay. And God knows what he's doing. I'm not that smart, so I got to trust God. I look at it now and say, wow, God knows what he's doing. That year, we traveled to Dallas and were able to be ministered to and ministered in Dallas. If we had a child, then maybe we couldn't go. I'm not saying that it was, it was easy, but that maybe that's how I look at it now. I, we went to the Philippines twice that year. One of them was with uh, Tata Kaipo. Oh, no, Kuya, Kuya, Kuya. And we got to go surf um, at Cloud Nine, but we had way better waves than other parts, but we got to go. We even got to go surf with Pastor Paul. Imagine Pastor Paul surfing in his jeans and polo shirt, but it's how they rock and roll in Philippines, but they don't want surf shorts. They go with the jeans. But we got to go. And so God knows what he's doing. The reality of God in my life was able to carry me through. And, and here's what I'm trying to say. Is, is, is the bottom line is the reality of Jesus Christ in your life has to go to the schools that you go to. The reality of Jesus Christ needs to go home where you live. The reality of Jesus Christ in your life needs to go wherever you go so that it can impact and collide with the realities of this world. Why? Because there's broken people out there that need to know Jesus Christ. There's broken people out there that need to know that someone loves them. I almost power. I don't know how much time I get. Your time? No more time? Okay, shoot. 12 o'clock. Okay. I'll go right past for you guys. No need to go to school tomorrow. Yeah, I go right. <laughs> Rich young ruler missed it. He missed it. He missed it. Bruh, he missed it. Jesus told him, bruh, just, just sell everything, and then you get to come with me. Just, just let go of everything, and you get to roll with me. Where I go, you go. That's right. He say, come follow me. Wherever I go, the miracles that I do, the people that I'm going to minister to, the 5,000 people that I'm going to feed, you get to roll with me. Wherever, he had a front, front row seat. To all of the miracles that God, Jesus was going to perform. But I raised the guy from the dead. He could have been there. Jesus transforming the world. He could have been there. But then he said no. He missed it. But here's, here's the funny thing. Not the funny thing. Here's the tragic thing, I think. Is that he went back to his own reality of money. Because he was rich, yeah? He was rich. So that means he had money. He was young. That means he had a lot of life and vibrancy still. He was still attractive and had hair and no wrinkles on his face. He was a rich, young ruler. Ruler, that means he had influence. He was somebody. He wasn't forgotten. He was somebody that people, wow, look at that guy. He went back to that, but, but if you look at the Bible, it said that he was sad. Fucking stupid at a guy. Oh, sorry. Not supposed to say that word. Sure. Until Pastor Sean. Sure. Crazy at it. <laughs> he went back and he had all this stuff. When Jesus said, told him, come. And he went back to this and he was sad. When Jesus said, come. 
And in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. He could have had joy. He went back to this. He had all of that stuff that a lot of people in the world are fighting for. Yeah, your friends, even me, sometimes. Yeah, I, I got to ask for forgiveness, but we like money. We like status. We like influence. But the guy went back to that. He had all of that, but he was sad. When Jesus is saying, come follow me, and he could have had joy. The reality of Jesus Christ in your life needs to collide with the realities of this world so that lives can be changed, so that people can be saved. Here's the thing. I think Kaipo was telling me that you guys are talking about calling and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm 40 years old. I serve where I'm at. But as far as life's calling, I still have a question mark. Funny, yeah, 40 years old, but I suppose to got them locked down already, man. I say that to say this. Why? Because as young people, sometimes, God, I, I want to do what you want me to do. What is that one thing? And, and I believe that God is, will communicate with us with that one thing that he wants us to do, our life's calling. But don't let waiting for that keep you sterile. You can serve now. You can get involved now. You can listen and, and, and say, hey, pastor or hey, minister, how can I help you? What do you need me to do? You know, at my church, I'm on the pastoral staff, but I also do parking. <laughs> In my church, I'm on the pastoral staff. But what I was doing this summer, I was taking, what is the second doo-doo story? I was taking out doo-doo of the clogged bathroom. Ooh, gross. No matter. And I think too many people get stuck in that one huge, great, big thing. And I believe God has that for all of us. But don't let that keep you sterile. You need to stay involved now, I think. You need to know that I'm not you and you're not me. I know you're looking at me like, wow, good thing, man. Whew. <laughs> you know, I, I'm involved in different things, loud and unashamed. I'm, I'm, I'm staying involved in unashamed. You know, if anyone wants to bring me back to Maui every month, I, I'm open. Um, mostly involved in the issue of domestic violence on Oahu. My power is number one or number two or, or top two for domestic violence and all of the state. Yay, why Paul? But why? I, I got I to do something. God calling me to do that. I'm involved in the issue of human trafficking and sex trafficking. Why? Because God has called me to do that. But you're not me and I'm not you, which is good. That means you don't have to get involved in something just because I'm involved with it. And if I try to go to your school or, or, or your school, they're probably going to kick me off. Why? Because I look like how I do. <laughs> I'm not you. You're not me. The realities of Jesus Christ in your life needs to go where you are at. The reality of Jesus Christ needs to go with you to school. Why? Because I cannot go. The reality of Jesus Christ needs to go to your home. Why? Because I don't know where you live. Invite me over for dinner. Maybe I'll come over. But the reality of Jesus Christ needs to go with you to wherever you go. And I commit and to you that I will bring the reality of Jesus Christ in my life to wherever I go. And I, uh, 
Just a couple things. I, I don't know how long it's supposed to go, but I, I apologize. I'm not that smart, so. I just got to challenge you guys. Um, if you were just like the rich young ruler, just doing the things that you're supposed to be doing so everyone can see, then I encourage you to get real with Jesus Christ and have a real relationship with him. Not just do the things that everyone thinks you're supposed to be doing. And it's, that's what the Pharisees or, or the religious leaders did. They, they did stuff so that people were, wow, these guys are doing good stuff. But I believe that in, if you have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, then the things that you do will come out of your relationship with Jesus Christ. If your relationship with Jesus Christ is fake or non-existent, then I encourage you to make it real. Simply ask him into your life. Ask him to forgive you and follow him. Make sure that you're reading the Bible and you're praying. So, oh, God, what is your will for my life? Read the Bible because the word is his will. Keep coming to unashamed and get involved in the church that you go to. Stay connected. And seek and serve. Seek and serve. Seek God's face and serve her at. Um, the realities of Jesus Christ in your life needs to impact the realities of this world so that people's lives are changed, so that this world is transformed. Number one, get real. Know who you are in Christ and know who Christ is. Number two, get real because the real world needs a real you. Number three, get real and transform your world. Um,